AEW tonight delivered. AEW was an awesome show. It was great from top to bottom. What's happening, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Takeover Podcast with me, Jordan Turner. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to run down AEW, a beach break, give you guys my honest views and opinions on what I thought was a good episode of AEW Dynamite. Let's hit this intro. Let's get it. Welcome to... You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the bands behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Let's go. You already know what time it is, man. AEW post show review and analysis. This is Wednesday, January 26th, 2021, live from Cleveland, Ohio. <sighs> Man, I witnessed one of the best cutters in professional wrestling. I did. I, I'm still speechless, man. I've watched the video multiple times on Twitter. Every time I watch it, I'm still speechless. Shout out to Sammy G, man. We need to give him his flowers and his just due. Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes. I'll get to him in a bit. I got some fantasy booking that I want to do with Cody Rhodes. And again, I'll get to that later. But I appreciate everyone joining me right here for the AEW Dynamite Beach Break review and results. The blueprint of my show. Y'all know what it is. It's honesty and creativity. I do it better than anybody in the entire IWC. Simple as that. Now, that being said, be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, on iHeartRadio and Google Play, if you guys can also go follow me on those podcast platforms, I would really appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. Be sure also to hit the notification bell so you guys don't miss any future upcoming episodes of the Wrestling Takeover podcast. Lastly, social media. Follow the podcast on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. Shout out to the family over there. I appreciate the continued love and support I've been receiving over there. If you guys have an Instagram, go follow the podcast. Again, it is at The Wrestling Takeover. On Twitter, it was fun tonight to be on Twitter. If you guys have a Twitter, follow me over there. I'm very interactive in regards to professional wrestling. We killed it tonight on there, given my honest takes on what I thought of Dynamite today. And a lot of people actually agree with me. I'll go over it again in regards to that amazing spot that took my breath away. It really took my breath away. I'll go over it. And we're going to actually kick off with Cody Rhodes and Sammy G. This was a ladder match. Again, this was live from Cleveland, Ohio. This match deserves all of the flowers. This match was absolutely amazing from start to finish with that final spot. I got to do it again, man, because shout out to Sammy G, man. Sammy Guevara. You took my breath away, man. You did. I'm still speechless with that spot. Damn. That was... Someone put it perfectly on Twitter tonight. 
That was some Jeff Hardy shit tonight with that cutter spot, man. Sammy G, you're amazing, man. You really are. You want to talk about the pillars? The pillars of AEW, Sammy G, is absolutely one of those pillars. Where do I start with this match? Ladder match for the undisputed TNT Championship. Sammy Guevara going up against Cody Rhodes. You watched the match. You guys know what you watched. You guys watched, perhaps, in my opinion, one of the best ladder matches in wrestling in recent, like, I don't want to say all time, but I will go as far as to say this was the best ladder match in recent memory. Definitely one of the best uh, matches for AEW, period. And we have a lot of matches for All Elite Wrestling. And this match right here, it blew me away. It took my breath away, especially with that spot with Sammy Guevara. So I'm going to get through the notes here. This was a great match. Nothing to complain about whatsoever. So I'm going to get to the middle of the match here. So here we go. So we had Cody and Sammy on the top rope for in terms of the uh, the ladder. That was on propped over there. So we've seen Cody. He hit Sammy Guevara with a suplex, which was a beautiful spot. Crowd going crazy. I'm going crazy at home watching. Social media going bonkers. It was a great time. So after that suplex, obviously both men were damaged. Both men were fucked up, man. They were selling it like crazy. It was some good stuff. After that spot, we went to commercial. We come back from commercial break. And Cody tosses Sammy G onto a ladder. Uh, Cody Rose then applies the figure four leg lock submission on a Sammy Guevara. I get why wrestlers, you know, apply submissions on a ladder. It looks kind of funky to me. I don't really like it. I don't know what you guys feel about it. Maybe you guys like it. Maybe you guys don't. But for me, I don't really like it. It looks funky. But I understand why they do it. So we've seen the figure four applied on Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara obviously gets out of this mission. However, Cody Rhodes punishes Sammy Guevara with considerable chops to the chest. Sammy Guevara then hits a rose with an insiguri. I love the insiguri moves when done right. And actually, when they are actually connected, it looks really good. After that, we've seen Cody Rhodes is on the top of the ladder. Sammy Guevara leaps from one ladder to another, some Kofi Kingston stuff. And he hits Cody with a cutter. Let me tell you again. He hits Cody Rhodes with a cutter. A cutter. One of the best cutters I've ever seen. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. He hit the RKO on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. And we all touted that that was the greatest cutter we have ever seen. Is there going to be a cutter that's a pass that? Let me tell y'all something. Ah. It might not have passed it, but fuck, it's up there. It's up there, man. You know, if people actually are on social media and are really saying that that was the best cutter that they've ever seen, not, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. I actually might agree with you 
But at the same time, the way Randy Orton applied that RKO and did that RKO onto Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31, that was breathtaking. That was breathtaking in its own right. But you got to look at the way Sammy Guevara was placing the ladder, the way he was positioning himself, and the way Cody Rhodes was just waiting to get hit with that move. Um, and just the effortless of that move was just spectacular. Again, I've watched the replay at least over 20 times. I will continue to watch it because it was so mesmerizing. It was breathtaking. And a lot of people mention that Sammy G is kind of similar to Jeff Hardy. You know, Darby Allen is also similar to Jeff Hardy when it comes to taking aerial offense. It was great. And, uh, Shout out to Sammy G, man. We need to give him his flowers. This match was incredible. People are actually touting that this was the best ladder match that they've ever seen. I mean, I'm not going to get upset with your opinion on that. Now, in my opinion, was this the best ladder match that we've ever seen? No. But this ladder match is definitely up there with some of the best ladder matches in professional wrestling history. All time. No matter what promotion it is, Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara is going to go down as one of the best ladder matches in pro wrestling all time. So let's give the flowers to Cody Rhodes. Let's give the flowers to Sammy G. Speaking of Cody Rhodes, I was on Twitter today after the match was over and I pitched an idea. I pitched an idea with Cody Rhodes. You guys know I love pitching fantasy bookings. I love it, man. I really do. I'm the armchair booker king. That's what I am. All right? And I love it. I take good pride in doing so. Cody Rhodes lost the TNT Championship tonight. A lot of people are questioning what's going on with Cody. What's going to happen? Woo, woo, woo. Listen to me, okay? You might not agree with this idea, and that's fine. But this idea immediately ramped up in my mind when Cody Rhodes lost. Now, y'all understand, you guys are fully aware, right? Cody Rhodes said, quote, I will never challenge for the AEW championship ever again. Okay. Do I believe him? No. There's rumors in the news. You know, there really hasn't been a lot of great news articles that I've read and there's not a lot of things that I really want to talk about. So I might go on a limb right now and say the next time you guys are going to be listening to me and my podcast is Saturday for the Royal Rumble. So get ready. Royal Rumble. We are going to absolutely kill it. I'm very excited for that. But either way, Cody Rhodes, there was rumors going around with Cody Rhodes that people in AEW management. I'm not sure if this is true. This is just pure speculation that people in AEW are not really fucking with Cody Rhodes. And what I mean by that is they're not a fan of the way he carries himself. Y'all know this. If you guys listen to my show, if you guys follow me on Twitter at JT takeover, by the way, you guys should go follow me all there. I would really appreciate it. I've tweeted out multiple times that Cody Rhodes, character to me, is not exciting. It's not must-see. Before, 
before I've mentioned that. I've also said that his pompous orchestra entrance is totally unnecessary and shouldn't be, you know, done every single time he comes out. If it's a match, a promo, whatever you want to call it. You should only capitalize on that orchestra entrance when it's a big fight feel or when he's the champion. I would rather prefer him being the champion and then you can bring in that orchestra entrance. What am I getting at? Okay, let's keep it simple and then I'll keep it pushing. Okay, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is I want Cody Rose to go back on his word and become the AEW champion. I do. I genuinely want Cody Rhodes to win the AEW world title, go back on his word, and become this pompous, arrogant, narcissistic, all-about-Cody-Rhodes type of attitude. I want to see it. I think that would be great. Him smoking a cigar in the middle of the ring. Him acting like a fucking boss. Literally. I'm better than you. Right, MJF says, I'm better than you, and you know it. Yeah, Cody Rhodes can literally apply that to his character. I want this guy to be a narcissist. I need it, and I want to see it. And so that heel work for Cody Rhodes needs to happen. Fuck this tweener stuff. Heel, babyface stuff. I don't like it, right? I would only like it if it's done correctly by the person. This isn't being done great by Cody Rhodes right now. He's ignoring everything. You need to embrace the hate, man. You need to transform into a narcissist. All about Cody Rhodes, right? With the cigar, with the wine, with the suits, with the title. Give me that mafia type of Cody Rhodes. That's what I want. Now, it's not Roman Reigns. I don't want that. I'm mainly talking about a different, there's different types of mafias, man. Different types of mafia bosses. Cody Rhodes needs to be that. That's my creative idea. Let me know what you guys think about that. Now, we're going to move on to Wardlow with Sean Spears as this was the next match. As he went up against Eli Dean and James Alexander, Wardlow won. Let's move on. Right, let's move on. We all knew Wardlow was going to do this. I love that they're having him squash people while also teasing the feud with MJF. I think MJF is moving past CM Punk. After their feud, which actually, I believe MJF and CM Punk was announced for next week. I might be wrong, but I, I think I am correct on that because I did see it on social media that MJF will go one-on-one with CM Punk next week. I mean, they've been feuding for a minute now, you know, so I don't think they're going to save it until Revolution. I think that's a little bit too long. I think they have more. Uh, better plans for both men. So, excuse me, that's where I'm coming from from that standpoint. Wardlow's a star. Wardlow's not going nowhere. Wardlow will be in AEW. Simple. He's not going to WWE. It's not happening. Wardlow, MJF, it's going to happen. I'm excited and I can't wait for it. So, Wardlow squashed. I mean, these jobbers, I mean, that's it. So, there you go. 
Next match, we've seen Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz versus 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. This was a street fight type of ordeal. This was awful. This was really bad. I did not like this whatsoever. I didn't like it. Um, it felt rushed. That's why I didn't like it. It felt extremely rushed. So towards the end of the match, we've seen during the commercial break, we've seen Daniel Garcia in 2.0 in control of the match. We come back from break and Jeff Parker is beating down Santana. We've seen Santana and Ortiz are doing everything that they could to avoid tagging in Chris Jericho as obviously I'll get to that in a second. 2.0 obviously starts working on a double teaming Santana. Jericho grabs a leg of Parker and then hits Matt Lee with the Judas effect. Santana hits Lee with the power driver and then pins him for the victory. This match was disappointing. This didn't do nothing for me. Chris Jericho. I love Chris Jericho. I, I consider Chris Jericho one of the GOATs in professional wrestling all time. What the fuck has Chris Jericho done that has been important? I'm serious. That's a serious question. Because you look at Jericho... You look him in AEW. What purpose does the guy have? I'm serious. What purpose does he have? A feud with Eddie Kingston? I'm down for that. We could see that. I think they're planting seeds for that, to be honest with you. I do. I think we're going to see Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho very soon. We'll see what happens. But outside of that, what does Jericho have? He doesn't really have a lot of things to do. Maybe he should take a break. Not going to tell the guy what to do. I'm not. I'm just speaking and giving you guys my opinion from what I watch from my point of view on weekly AEW television. And right now, Chris Jericho ain't doing shit that's important. So if you're not doing anything that's important, why are you on TV? You feel me? That doesn't make sense. So, I think it's either Eddie Kingston or or don't come on TV. That's my opinion on that. That's it. Uh, Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz won. Again, the match was just really disappointing. It didn't really do anything for me at all. And that's all I got to say about that. We get a video package highlight of setting up a Texas death match between Adam Hangman Page and Lance Archer on February 9th. Okay, so this was confirmed. I was confused by it. Uh, it is confirmed, I guess, from the notes here. So we're going to get Lance Archer versus Page on February 9th for the AEW World title in a Texas death match. Adam Man Page is winning that match. I might be in the minority, but Lance Archer, ah, I just don't see it. I don't get Lance Archer. I never got Lance Archer from the beginning, and I still can't get Lance Archer. So I'm not really a big fan of him. This is obviously a placeholder feud for Adam Hangman Page until he gets to Revolution. So, that's that. 
Then we go backstage and we have a segment with Matt Hardy, Private Party, Jurassic Express, and Christian Cage. They announced that this week on Rampage, we will see Jurassic Express versus Private Party. And guess what? I don't care. Matt Hardy, Private Party. Are you liking this? This thing with Matt Hardy and Private Party? These men have no direction. Zero direction. Don't know what Matt Hardy's doing. Listen, get Jeff Hardy, get the Hardy boys, and that's it. Simple. Private Party, they have no direction right now. They're not doing anything important. They're just on TV. I don't like that as a fan and as a creative writer, right? I don't like putting people on TV that have nothing to do. If you have nothing to do, you have no business being on TV. Simple. And so Matt Hardy and Private Party, with HFO or whatever you want to call it, I don't give a fuck about that shit. It's pointless. You're just putting people together in a group that have no direction. That's all that tells me. That's it. And I don't like it. So, there you go. Next up, we have CM Punk. He comes out for a promo. This was awesome. This was great. He comes out. Punk says he's been a minute since he's been in Cleveland. He's in Cleveland and is ready to fight. Punk says he vows Cleveland a fight. Punk was referencing he walked out on WWE. So, he mentioned WWE. Raw was in Cleveland the night in 2014. He tells the crowd to go ahead and chant for the person he wants to fight. It will be the first and last time someone will chant his name. Punk calls out MJF, and MJF uh, music eventually hits. And MJF says he will fight him in Chicago on next week's Dynamite. There you go. Tony Khan. Tony Khan knows what he's doing, man. This guy knows what he's doing. He's smart. He's methodical. He plans stuff ahead. But everyone was saying that this was going to happen at Revolution. Oh, Punk, MJF, Revolution. Number one contenders match. That's what I assumed as well. Not guilty in this at all. I assumed this too. It didn't happen. And looks like we're getting Punk and MJF next week. Not going to complain. I'm very excited. I can't wait for this. Their promos have been absolutely legendary. Legendary. Especially their first promo that they had. Oh, man, that was, that was insane. So, after Punk, we've seen uh, Punk calling MJF out. And the match was announced for next week. MJF says the match will be spectacular. But people will see the real CM Punk after he loses. MJF takes a shot at Cleveland and talks about LeBron leaving. Of course he did. Bars. Of course he did. Bars. Love it. Love it. I was going to say her name. I'll get to her in a little bit. I'll get to DMD in a little bit. So CM Punk says he's leaving was the best thing he did. And coming back was the best thing he ever did. Sean Spears attacks Punk from behind. And then we see FTR and Wardlow into the ring. MJF tells Wardlow to powerbomb Punk. And he obliges. He didn't do it. There's another tease that is going to be continuing. With Wardlow versus MJF is coming soon after Punk versus MJF. Simple. 
So there you go. Next up, we got the acclaim. They did a backstage promo on John Moxley. They announced that we will see John Moxley versus Anthony Bowens on Rampage this week. Again, I don't really watch Rampage at all, actually. I only watch Rampage when it's important in terms of a, a match or a promo. So there you go. We see a backstage interview with Griff Garrison and Julia Hart. Mark Sterling brings a contract over to Hart and tells her that Jade Cargill wants to challenge her on Rampage. What? So that doesn't make sense. Why is Jade Cargill challenging Julia Hart? Why is she challenging anybody in general? She shouldn't be challenging anybody. People should be challenging Jade Cargill. Not the other way around. I don't like that. That's stupid. That doesn't make sense. What the fuck? Wait. I'm trying to picture this in my head. Jade Cargill is the TBS champion. And she's challenging somebody. Shouldn't it be the other way around, though? Oh, well. I don't know. Next up, we've seen legit Layla Hirsch go up against Red Velvet. This was decent. This was decent. I am a big fan of Red Velvet. I see a lot of potential in Red Velvet. I love her character. Legit Layla Hirsch. I like her. I see the potential in her as well. You know, these are two women that can, I would say, bring a lot of variety to the women's division. Now, the match begins with Red Velvet taking down Layla Hirsch with a quick leg lariat. After that, the action goes back and forth between Red Velvet and Layla Hirsch as we go to commercial break as expected. We come back from break where Hirsch controls the action. Red Velvet hits Hirsch with the stunner, which looked impressive. I love that spot. And some back and forth elbows and then ultimately hits Hirsch with double knees to the back of Hirsch. Red Velvet hit Hirsch with the spear, which was nice. Red Velvet is getting better every single time I see her. It's great to see. Red Velvet goes for the cover, but Hirsch was able to kick out. Hirsch, after that, has the legit lock on Red Velvet, and then Red Velvet ultimately makes it to the ropes. Hirsch goes for another pin, but at the same time, she wins by holding on to the tights. Post-match, Layla locks in an arm submission before Chris Statlander saves the day. If you guys remember, a couple of weeks ago, or two weeks, whatever, uh, Layla Hirsch... Chris Statlander and Red Velvet were backstage cutting a promo. So I can understand why Chris Statlander came in. It makes sense. And there you go. The match was good. For what it was, it was great. Again, the women's vision has a lot of... I will say they still need people. They do. And, you know, the following women, I hope, come to the division uh, sooner rather than later. Ember Moon's contract is going to be expiring really soon. So I think Amber Moon is definitely coming in. I would love to see Mia Yim, Atigan Knox. And that's pretty much it right there for the women's division. Those three in the women's division in AEW, straight fire. I love it. Let's do it. At least two of them. And if it was the two, Mia Yim and Ember Moon. Because if Mia Yim goes there, you know Keith Lee is going there. And quite frankly, if Keith Lee goes to AEW, Mia Yim is going to follow him. So, there you go. Next up, House of Black. 
promo airs calling out Pack. Good promo. This was great. This was absolutely awesome. I love the House of Black. At this point, I'm not going to speculate and try to come up with creative ideas on who should be in the group. At this point, just give me the House of Black. Have them have all the gold. Fuck it. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen, but it's possible. It's possible. You know, Julia Hart, people are saying, is going to be in the House of Black. All right, that could happen. I definitely see it. It makes sense. I mean, Malachi Black did spray shit in Julie Hart's face, so not like that, people. Get your mind out of the gutter. Uh, but he spit miss, right, so to speak, in Julie Hart's face. And we got to continue that storyline. But right now, I don't hate what's going on with it. I'm not upset, but I think we need to see the rev engine, you know what I mean, go a little faster. And that's just my thoughts on that, so. Hopefully, we see some progression with that storyline there. Next up, we got DMD. A DMD segment. Love it. Every time Britt Baker's on my TV, I drop everything that I'm doing, and I pay attention to Britt Baker. So Britt Baker is out, and she cuts a promo about her year in 2021. The show, the awards that she has won over the past year, she talks about how she feels And how she talks about how she is the face of AEW. Ladies and gentlemen, Britt Baker is one of the pillars of AEW. Facts. You don't like it? I don't give a fuck. Britt Baker is a different breed. Simple. She tells Cleveland, quote, Let's talk about the Baker that actually won shit in Cleveland. Now, you know, listen. I love Britt Baker even more after that promo segment. That was great. That line was fantastic. Yeah. Britt Baker's great, man. Shout out to Britt Baker. Keep doing your thing. You're killing the wrestling scene right now. But after the promo, she says that she, Cleveland, has a Baker that they can count on. It was pretty much an appreciation of Britt Baker there. I love this segment. It was short, sweet. And to the point, I want to mention about Britt Baker before I move on to the main event. Britt Baker, when she first came into AEW, to me, you guys know I'm always honest with you guys. I'm always unfiltered. She was a nobody. I didn't really know who the fuck Britt Baker was. I didn't. I didn't care for her either. I didn't know she was related to Adam Cole. I didn't. Britt Baker came in. She was the first signing. A lot of potential in Britt Baker. A lot of upside for Britt Baker. And you know that AEW wanted Britt Baker to be the face of that division. And they were not stopping until they accomplished that goal. Something happened, man. Something happened to that woman. Maybe it was Adam Cole motivating her even more to, you know, be herself. Find that character. Find that that character that... You could seek your teeth into and keep pushing forward. And she found it. Britt Baker is one of my favorites in women's wrestling right now. Bottom line. Simple. All right. Britt Baker is amazing. She's doing great. Love Britt Baker. And her in-ring psychology is so much 
better. I'm telling you, Adam Cole did something. I don't know what Adam Cole did, but all I got to say is Bay Bay. That's it. That's it, man. Britt Baker's awesome. We see FTR setting up their match against Lee and Johnson. Uh, Brock Anderson also for AEW Rampage as that was announced. <sighs> Main event time. Main event time lights out unsanctioned match. Orn Cashley going one-on-one with Adam Cole Bebe. This was fun. This was fun. This was spectacular. I'm not going to read the whole match because, quite frankly, it was a little too much with too many interference, but, you know, it was still a great match nonetheless. Towards the end of the match, we see Cole climbs up to the top of the stage area. He looks to lose track of Cassidy. Out of nowhere, Cassidy's behind him and hits Cole with a low blow. Crowd going crazy. Cassidy then hugs Cole. As soon as he hugged him, I knew exactly what they were doing. And they were going to do the spot that they did exactly. He hugs Cole, and they both go through the stage arena. Crowd going crazy, man. An awesome spot. Cassidy pins Adam Cole, one, two, three, and gets the W. Awesome. Fantastic spot, man. Again, crowd going crazy. This was a fun episode of Dynamite. And professional wrestling is in a great place. It's in a great place. Those are the notes. I will give you guys my final views and opinions on Dynamite tonight. This was a great show. Fun stuff that happened. Punk and MJF continue to put on great, memorable promo segments. Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy in the main event delivered. Uh, we'll continue to see the storyline with Malachi Black, Brody King, Julia Hart. I'm invested. I just want to see it speed up a little bit more, a little bit faster. A solid match with Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet, two great women that I could see being big future pieces, especially Red Velvet, no question. And again, the opening match, the second greatest cutter I have ever seen. Let's give Sammy G his flowers. Let's give Cody Rhodes his flowers. Both men put on a banger of a ladder match. One of the best ladder matches in recent memory in professional wrestling. That's all I got for you guys tonight, man. I hope you guys go out and subscribe to the Wrestling Takeover on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover and follow me on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. I won't see you guys until Saturday. I won't see you guys until Saturday, the Royal Rumble, and Thursday, Friday, taking days off, getting ready for the Royal Rumble, and we're going to kill it on Saturday. We're going to have a great time, and I just can't wait to get up here and press record on Saturday. Now, if there's any late breaking news on Thursday or Friday, I'll do a podcast. But I'm telling you now, expect a review of the Royal Rumble on Saturday. Okay, I'm aiming to come back up here and record on Saturday. But if there's any late breaking news or just the rumors are going crazy, I'll come up with something. 
I know I haven't been really consistent with the news and rumors as of late, but listen, there hasn't been a lot to talk about in the news and rumors department. So I hope you guys understand. But again, any breaking news on Thursday, any breaking news on Friday with the news, I'll definitely be up here and covering it for sure. So I appreciate everybody. I love each and every one of you. And continue to support the Wrestling Takeover by reviewing the podcast, by rating the podcast, and sharing the podcast on all social media platforms. Thank you guys very much. AEW, Tony Khan, y'all killed it tonight. The King is out. And I will see you guys on Saturday. If there's breaking news on Thursday, Friday, I'll be back up here. Y'all have a good night.